Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. The reading from Matthew 6, verses 5 to 13. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We are in our 25 days of prayer, and so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the subject of prayer, so that's no surprise. (laughs) So with me this week, and then next week, we've got a visitor from King's Arms in Bedford coming, Charlene, who's going to be preaching on it as well. So loads to look forward to, loads to look forward to. Um, So this passage, I do realise that we've preached on it before. Um, So we've preached on the structure of it and using that structure as a way to kind of uh, structure our prayers. You can use each line as like an introduction to how you can pray other things. So it's really helpful. Highly recommend doing that. I've done that at certain times during my life. Really, really good. Um, But I did feel when I was thinking about what to preach about, I really felt that there was a lot more to discover in this prayer. And I just couldn't get away from that. So here we are. Um, So, separate to that, at the start of the year, I felt really prompted by the Holy Spirit to start praying this prayer in my own private time, three times a day. Um, And like for me, that is, for you that might be a normal thing to do, but for me that is quite radically different. I've never had a time where I've kind of had a practice or a habit like that. Um, And so, yeah, I've I think for me, because I grew up in a church where we would say this prayer uh, as part of the regular weekly services, to me it became quite lifeless because of its repetitiveness. Um, And at the time it didn't make a lot of sense. I just would say it and I'd be waiting to go see my friends, get out the building, great. Um, And if you're in the room and that's not been your experience and you haven't got that kind of baggage that I've got over saying something like this, then that is brilliant. That's a wonderful place to be at because the words are really powerful, as you'll see when I start talking about it. Um, And if you're new to the Christian faith, I think this prayer is a really good place to start. Um, These are words of Jesus teaching us how to pray. Um, But for me... You know, when I, when I then had my own personal experience of God and I became a follower of Jesus, prayer then to me was more about talking to God. 
It would be a conversation with my friend. I would speak to him and I'd feel like God was listening to me. And this is what prayer should look like. It should be a conversation with our Father where we expect to interact as well as we talk to God. We can expect him to speak to us, feel encouraged. And if you don't know how to pray, that's where you begin. Jesus says at the beginning of this passage that we read, go into a, shut the door and find a quiet space and hear from God. And it's a delight to spend time with our Father. So we've realized the problems with me. I felt that there was something that I needed to rediscover about the powerful prayer in a really fresh way. Uh, there's something about the kind of familiarity of it that has lost its value. And I thought to illustrate this, we'd look at a picture. So put this picture on the screen. So this picture is an umbrella stand. So this umbrella stand sat in a house for many years having walking sticks and umbrellas put in it. And then one day, the family who owned it decided they would take it along to a TV show called The Antiques Road Show. <laughs> Has anyone watched that? And they'd see if it was anything in particular. Can we have a guess at how much you think they said this would be valued at? Half a million? Well, when it went to auction, this sold for $2 million. <laughs> so it turned out this is a very rare, very valuable umbrella stand. <laughs> but actually, it's from the Ming Dynasty. And it had been sat in this house, being used as an umbrella stand for many years. So wouldn't you just love to discover something like that in your attic? <laughs> but my point is that maybe the Lord's prayer for us is that Ming vase, that, that really valuable thing that's been sitting around. Um, Tim Mackey, who's from the Bible Project, awesome Bible Project, says this about the Lord's prayer. There is no better summary of the movement and the mission of Jesus. That's amazing. This prayer has got something really dynamic, something inspirational, that familiarity has meant maybe we've overlooked it. And so today, that's what I'm going to be looking at. Jesus said, when you pray it, so I think he's assuming that we are actually going to pray it. And so I've been doing this habit, and through this kind of three times a day habit, actually I feel like I have discovered some things that I'd lost. And so I'm going to share those with you, and then hopefully you'll get something out of it too. So just to put this um, in a bit of context, so we're looking at Matthew's Gospel, and it comes in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. So the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking to his disciples about the kingdom of God, how they as his followers can lead this radically different life. He talks about the Beatitudes, about living a salt and light in the world, loving your enemies, giving to the needy, and then about prayer, and about trusting God. And I'm struck really about how every single word of this prayer was carefully chosen by Jesus. Every single word. And so I'm going to start by looking at the word Father. Our Father. Jesus almost always addresses God as his Father. And that word Father is like a word of intimacy. It's, and that relationship with the Father is what Jesus also invites us into. Our Father, he says, our Father. 
I remember years ago, I lived in a country for a few months where a maid was paid to do all the menial chores of this household. So it's quite a big household. The maid would do all the cooking, all the cleaning. She'd wash all the clothes in the bath. No need to get a, dish, a washing machine. She'd wash them in the bath. Um, and she would clear up after everybody. Um, and then she wouldn't expect to even eat the same food or be talked to. Um, and that was quite, for me, quite shocking coming from this Western culture. Uh, but I just want to say that that is not the relationship that we're invited into when we're called that we're children of God. Romans 8 says that we're children of God. We're adopted into his family as his own children. We're heirs, co-heirs with Christ, sharing in all of his glory. What an amazing position to be in. I think it was um, Philip Yancey who said this, the most transformational thing I can do is shift from slavery to sonship in my thinking. We are children and we're invited to come boldly before our father and to talk to him. So for me, uh, over the years, I've prayed that God would show me what that looks like to be his daughter And I've seen myself walking into the throne room of God, dressed in my royal robes. And when I walk into that throne room in the spirit, I can see the king and he turns to me and he leans so he can listen to what I say. And I can encourage you that if you don't really know what it's like to be a son or a daughter of God coming into his presence, ask God to show you what it looks like to picture in your mind what that might look like to have his attention, to come into the presence of your father and have his attention. So when I come to pray, that's how I picture myself coming into the presence of the king and I've got his, I've got his ear. And the Lord's Prayer, I think, reminds us, first of all, that that is a relationship we have in prayer. So... I think also that's why worship is really important in prayer as well. So for me, I will often put worship on when I'm in my own private time. And also when we gather to pray, we like to worship. Because actually as we worship, that's where our hearts are overflowing in this relationship to God. It's that kind of language in the words that we sing, like language of gratitude, of remembering. And as we worship, we really enjoy God. And those words are like declarations of what we believe. And so we can get really connected with who I am and who he is. And in the process of that, our perspective begins to change. So use worship. And don't forget, there's so much power in worship as well. If you remember in Acts 16, Paul and Silas are in prison. And as they worship, the prison doors fly open and their chains fall off and they're free so there's power just even in the worship without even praying a word Um, and so the invitation is to call him father and when I thought about that I thought right back to the beginning of the book of Genesis and right back to God's original intention for humankind and that intention was that we would we would uh, fill the earth, that we'd be fruitful, that we'd multiply, and that we would walk with God in the cool of the day. And this invitation to call him Father is back to the invitation to walk with him, walk with him. 
And so if you start this prayer, then we remember who God is, who we are, and what we are to each other. It's a beautiful thing. So the first half of this prayer, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, reminds us that we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. So we pray, hallowed or holy, we're recognizing that God actually is quite different from us. He's our Father, but there's no one like him. He's unique. He's all-powerful. It reminds us that he's King of kings, Lord of lords. That it's like that fire on the mountain, you know, that cloud, that thick glory that Moses would walk into, and then he'd be shining with the glory when he came down. This is God. And at the same time, we kind of remember that today, this is not how things are. He is not revered as he should be. And his name and his, and his reputation needs restoring. So again, I'm kind of reminded of the story back in Genesis that we're called to partner with God, um, Adam and Eve were in the garden to work and to care for it. And together they were commissioned to rule and to reign. And then in our prayer booklet for the 25 days of prayer, last week we were reading uh, Revelation 21 and 22. That's the end of the book. God promises that one day all things will be set right, that heaven and earth will once again be together. There will be like that marriage, to use that beautiful biblical language. And so actually what Jesus is doing is inviting us into partnership, that we're part of something bigger, this restoration of heaven and earth. And with Jesus' death and resurrection, now actually the whole of the cosmos has been changed from darkness into light. And it has come, and it is coming, and we're called to participate in part of that. Karl Barth says this, to clasp, it, to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. Clasp hands in prayer, beginning with an uprising against the disorder of the world. When I pray, I'm committing to honor the name of God, accept his kingship and do his will. We're boldly declaring, actually, that we're part of a radical movement that is bringing in a kingdom and it is bringing in a king. And so this first part of the Lord's Prayer reminds me that I am part of something so much bigger than my own life and that actually prayer is a really key part of that as we partner with God. I've got quite a long quote now, so you need to think about this one. <laughs> There's a book called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools, which I would really recommend by a guy called Tyler Statton. Um, and this is what he says about prayer. Prayer is the pathway God has made for us to get back to his original plan. Prayer is the way we can rule, manage, intercede for this world. Jesus went away for our sakes as a form of power sharing to invite us into direct communication with God and, so that, and to give us a crucial role in the, in the struggle against the forces of evil. God has shared his power with you. He calls you to co-manage the heaven. 
To pray is to experience the very same access to God the Father had with Jesus. Wow. (laughs) Just think about that one for a minute. So with this in mind, and the power of prayer, and how we partner with God in this huge plan, I can now believe that I am equipped with everything I need to live this radically different life with God. So let's turn to the second part of the prayer. Remember, this is a prayer where Jesus has carefully chosen each word. And so there's some things here that are important that daily we remember these things. We're told daily, ask for our daily bread, forgiveness and deliverance from evil. So I think my summary of this is how we live matters. Um, Give us our daily bread. Then is an invitation to remember that we daily are dependent on God. Uh, And this daily dependence on God is a theme that runs through the Bible in lots of ways. But the thing it casts my mind back to is when the Israelites were in the wilderness. Do you remember them wandering around in the wilderness? So they've been freed from slavery which is kind of like a picture of where we are today, isn't it? As Christians, we're freed from that slavery of sin that entangled us, wandering in the desert, and daily, God would meet with them. Daily, God would give them manna, which is like their daily bread. And I love that parallel between that and what we're called into today, that God says daily, depend on me, even if you've got the money to buy your daily bread and the things that you need, God is saying daily recognize that I am the one who does this. And actually, as you do this, you become more and more aware that actually everything does come from God. I'm reminded that my resources come from God. Um, And so actually, this theme of God providing everything we need is, comes up again and again in scripture. We're, we're told to ask him for the things that we need. Just read a few of those scriptures to you. Mark eleven twenty four says this. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you've believed you've received it, it will be yours. John 14, 13 to 14. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the son can be, bring glory to the father. Yes. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it. Matthew 21, verse 22. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. God likes responding to our asking, I think. (laughs) By praying, we're participating with what God is doing. We are trusting our God, his, his fatherhood, and his goodness. We're in partnership with him. I think our human instinct is really to be independent. I need to get what I need to survive today. Um, But Jesus is inviting us to live this completely different way that when I go to my father with all my daily needs, I can then actually be generous because I know that he's given me this and so I can give it away. And I know that tomorrow God is going to meet my daily needs. It's living from this completely different place that God is encouraging us to do, that daily we remember that we can be generous because he's always going to meet our needs. I love this quote from Martin Luther that says this, 
Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but it's laying hold of God's willingness. Don't you just love that? Laying hold of his willingness. Actually, evidently, it seems that God wants to be asked. As we build that relationship with him, asking and trusting, we're like co-laboring with God in life. And when I've been thinking about this, I thought, well, prophetically, a few things have already been spoken over this year about trusting God. When you've been in some of the prayer meetings or in some of the Sunday mornings, God has been challenging us to step out of our comfort zone, to face some fears. Is God challenging you to step out into something new? Perhaps something that you're not equipped for, you don't know how it's going to work out, step into that unknown. To be totally honest, I think that is the way our walk with God is. God is always challenging us to step out in things that we feel totally ill-equipped for. We've had it this morning, like stepping into that water that you feel like it's over your head, and yet God is there with you. Tell me about it. I'm sitting here, <laughs> and I'm scared to be sitting here. But the thing is, in, in prayer, that is where you get the courage to walk with God. He is saying that daily I will meet your needs. And so he knows our desires. He's the one who is encouraging us to step forward in things. He puts those desires in your heart. Even the ones that might seem totally ridiculous when you think about them, you think, but I just think God is saying do this. And I haven't got any of the means to do it. I haven't got any of the talents, any of the resources. And yet God is saying step out in this. So go to God in prayer, because in that process of praying, it will either get straightened out and modified, or it will get reaffirmed, and God will answer your prayers. It might be a long journey, but God will answer it. Romans 8 says this, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also freely give you all things? We're in this journey with Jesus, with God. So as I've been soaking myself in this prayer, I feel much more confident that I can trust God, that he will give me all the things I need, that he'll be encouraging me to move forward, that when I look at things that might seem impossible, he's going to be there with me. He's going to bring that solution. I really feel this is a word for today that when we've talked about facing fears or what you might be feeling like today, God is with you. You can be confident that God will be with you as you journey through this. Depend on him and he will bring you the solutions. He will bring you the answers. And I want to encourage you to be persistent in your asking as well. This is the key bit of prayer, be persistent. Luke 11 verse 9 in the Amplified is going to come up. And so I tell you, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and seek, keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps asking persistently receives, and he who keeps seeking persistently will find. And he who keeps knocking persistently, the door will be opened So as I persistently keep coming to God, keep connected, and I spend time with him, I can then better discern what God wants to do. 
I join in with the plans he has on earth. I see myself as part of that plan. And he changes me. As I come into his presence, I start seeing things differently. We go through a process as we pray. And I think as we go through that process, we develop these more God-like qualities. In fact, sometimes I think maybe the point is that we don't get what we want when we pray, but actually we become the people that he wants us to become. Yeah. I love Ephesians 2 verse 10, which says that we're God's workmanship. I think we've heard before that the translation of that is we are God's poem, a beautifully written poem written by God as we come to him. And as we pray, we're offering God that moment to remodel us into that beautiful poem. So getting on to the rest of the prayers, like just saying that our lives really matter, the way we live really matters to God. Jesus carefully chose these words so that daily I remember to forgive and walk in forgiveness. It's not saying that things done against you have been okay and you can just brush them off or that you need to continue living in a difficult situation. It's not saying that wrong things and unjust things are okay, but we have to seek to come to a place where eventually we give up that need to have revenge. We give up harboring resentment and grudges, and we just leave all those hurts and all that injustice, leave it with Jesus, and choose to walk away free. Daily, we get, remembered, we get reminded of that. The heart of the gospel is about forgiveness, isn't it? Jesus freely went to the cross, freely went there, so that I could be forgiven, that my punishment would be taken with him, where I fell short. And so the power of that forgiveness, I have to imitate that in my life. I have to, I have to walk like that daily. Jesus reminds me of that. And he knows that daily I'm going to be tempted to sin and walk away and take the easy road. And so daily we have to pray for help against temptation, don't we? And that he also realizes that it's going to be a battle. And so daily, daily we have to talk for that, pray for that deliverance. Jesus be in me in this walk. It's not that we get taken out of the world, but we're in the world. But once we're in this, daily we can pray that God will protect us and look after us as we walk this way. Somebody said, actually, that this prayer is a prayer of commission and submission. I really like that, don't you? Commission to do what we're called to, submission to the way of God, to live lives that really matter. So by praying this prayer... We are boldly declaring that we are part of a radical kingdom, that we're bringing in a new king. And as we pray it, we will be equipped with everything we need to do this. Doesn't that just sum it up? What a powerful prayer. So I'm going to invite the worship band to come back up. Um, and what's coming up? I'm just going to remind us of one last word from this prayer, which is actually the very first word of the prayer. We pray, our Father. And I struggled a bit with that language, actually, to be honest. I kept praying, my Father. But actually, I think it's really important that this prayer has actually got a communal element to it as well. 
that we're hearing this prayer together. As I've been praying this prayer, I've been more aware that it's not just me sitting alone in my room praying this in isolation, but actually I join my voice with millions of other Christians all around the world who have prayed this prayer, praying it now, praying it in the past, praying it in the future. I am part of something so much bigger than myself. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I am caught up in the significance of my partnership with God doing this. So shall we stand? And I wonder before we start worshiping, but we should just say the words of this prayer. And I'm going to pray that God, as we pray it, will help you to encounter him in a new way, that you'll connect again in a fresh way with the words of this prayer. So let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.